Hello, welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, UK Fantasy NFL podcast. Thanks for joining us, I'm Lewis. I'm Alex Brindle. And I'm a slightly ill Alex Sharples. Thanks for joining us again. Week six is in the book, so let's go over what happened. Um, starting with the players. Sharples, any notes on the players in week six? The underperforming players in week six, I would say. Um, well, I was going to start with an overperformer, um, just because he was on my team. Uh, Joe Burrow was absolutely fantastic. 300 yards, three touchdowns, over 30 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. I believe he was the quarterback one on the week, outscoring even the mighty Josh Allen. Um, and so a beautiful showing from him. Yeah, he was great. And that coincided with a nice game from uh, Jamar Chase as well. I mean, speaking of Jamar Chase, it was a big performance by him and some other wide receivers, expected and unexpected. Um, this week you had over 20 fantasy points from Chase, Diggs, Hill, Pittman, but also Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyquan Thornton. Um, Al, those guys, any takeaways from those unexpected guys? Are they here to stay, any of those four? Uh, maybe maybe Michael Pittman, but no, I wouldn't be banking on Brandon Ayuk being a top five wide receiver every week. I mean, when when he is a top five wide receiver, you know it's been a bit of a crapshoot. Um I can't even remember who that last guy, the, the Patriots, guy, the Patriots yeah. guy. By all means, he's a bit of a speed guy. He was really quick in the uh, the compa- the combine. I know. And uh, Juju, it's just you're just rolling the dice. And uh, this week it landed on Juju. Yeah, it's quite frustrating with with that Kansas City wide receiver core. Um, just on the subject of Hill and Diggs, though, I mentioned they had a nice week. They've been sick this year, and I feel like mm. it's forgotten about. I I know I forgot about how sick they are um, for fantasy and in real life. But I feel like we're taking them for granted for a bit because they've both just been excellent, both of them on the season so far. They have, they have. But I was saying to you the other night, Lou, I did just want to bring up Cooper Cup because to me he is kind of in his own category at the very tippy top of the wide receivers, if not the very top of the fantasy players in general because this Rams team looks really bad but or the Rams offense looks really bad but Cup is just still just a target machine and the reason I say he's in he's in a, he's on tier for me is because as amazing as Diggs is as amazing as Hill is as amazing as Jefferson and Chase are none of them feel like they have just the sheer amount of guaranteed opportunities, touches, targets, receptions, whatever you want to say, as Cooper Cup. I think there is a world, and I say there's a world, it's the world we're living in, where you can be watching Justin Jefferson and it gets to the fourth quarter and the guys had like three targets in the game. He might pop off in the fourth quarter and get you 25 points, but he has like he has these games where he only has three targets. Same with Diggs, he can sometimes go a little bit missing target share wise. Whereas it's kind of impossible these days for Cooper Cup to mm-hmm. have less than five targets in the five six targets in the first half of a game. And that's why you just by watching this weekend, I was kind of like, yeah, opportunity wise, target wise, this guy's kind of in his own. League. I agree. I think, like, and with Cooper Cup, the discrepancy between him and all the other wide receivers is ridiculous. Like, Cooper Cup's the number one target on that offense. The number two target is whatever defensive back they're playing against. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Sharples, any other notes on the players this week? Um, one thing I, I did uh, want to mention, just um, I think as as forecasted, um, the tight end race is, uh, so the time position is a race between Travis Kelsey and uh, Mark Andrews. I know at the start of the season, you two uh, weren't fussed about spending an early dra- draft pick on them. I just wondered, mm-hmm. seeing as, you know, um, they are so far ahead of other, other tight ends, I know you're both doing well in the league, but is there any party that thinks wouldn't mind having them on my team? A little bit for me, especially uh, I've got Juju Smith-Schuster in a couple of leagues and it's one of those, with Travis Kelsey, um, you just got to see him as a pass catcher, really. Like yeah. With those two guys, I feel like, you know, like next season's draft rankings, you just need to draft them with wide receivers. Take those two guys as the top wide receivers on the team and if you take that, then they're going to be they're going to be top 10 picks because that's essentially what those two guys are. Yeah, I mean, I I 
had Andrews last year. I had Kelsey the year before. So I, I feel a bit tired of the whole pick a tight end early because they didn't win me a championship drafting that way. So, um, no, I'm still fine. And I have also been able to acquire Darren Waller in a couple of my leagues, who I think is going to have a really strong rest of season. So I'm quite fine with not taking them at the moment. I just was able to flip Zach Ertz for Waller. And I picked him up off the waiver wire in another league, if you, if you believe it or not. I don't believe that. I mean... <laughs> I did, mate. I did. But be- best believe it. Trust me. I didn't believe it when I saw it. When I saw him sitting there. Listen, I I picked DeAndre Swift up off a wave wire in a certain league uh, about two weeks ago. So that one's more egregious. God knows what goes on in people's heads. But right, while we're on the subject of the players, I want to play a quick game with the the two of you um, <laughs> because I feel like this question that I'm going to ask you speaks volumes about the wider fantasy football landscape this week. So, Alan Robinson, once great wide receiver, uh, now one of the front runners for the cleanest player of the year because he is so unbelievably washed. Yeah, yeah. nice, um, nice. He's averaging right before this week. He was averaging five point seven four PPR fantasy points. That seems high per game. That seems high yeah. for Alan Robinson. Until this week, when he miraculously. Went five for sixty-three and one, scoring seventeen point three PPR fantasy points. Now, my question to you two is: Who did Alan Robinson score more fantasy points than this week? So, Alan Robinson or Justin Jefferson this week? Uh, well, I have Justin Jefferson, and I'm certain Jefferson was on the sixteen mark. I don't know if you saw Sharples. No, I was banking on you there with him being on your team. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say I, I'm fairly certain Jefferson only reached the 16 mark this week. So I'm gonna say Robinson. Yeah, it was Robinson. Okay. He scored more points than Justin Jefferson. Um, Bailey Zappi, the New England backup quarterback. Did Alan Robinson score more points than him? <laughs> Um, um, I, I did not watch that game. Um, Patriots scored a lot of points. I just don't know where they came from. I know Ramandre Stevenson probably had at least two of those touchdowns. Big time. Um, we know that that other quarterback had two touchdowns. And what did you say the bar was lose? 17 fantasy points. 17. 17.3. <laughs> did he throw any picks? Uh, uh, I don't know if he did. He, by the way, can we just say this? This lad looks incredibly like Mike Jones. <laughs> like it's, it's uncanny. Um, I reckon. Yes, I reckon Alan Robinson did score. More I, points I think than him. Bailey Zappi beat him. Okay. Yeah, Bailey Zappi scored more points because the brains got absolutely zapped. <laughs> so he, Alan Robinson didn't beat Bailey Zappi. So I mean, if Bailey Zappi scored more points, then surely Jalen Hurts scored more points than Alan Robinson. <laughs> Do you think? This one was right on the border because I saw (laughs) Hertz had like 17 points, but I don't know if it was more. I want to say less. I think Hertz had less. I want to to say less because like Hertz did everything he needed to do as a quarterback in this game. I think, I don't think he threw a pick and he threw a touchdown to both AJ Green and Devonta Smith, but I don't think he ran one in. So let's, it sounds stupid, but let's go Robinson on that one. Yep, Robinson scored more points than Jalen Hurts this week. But, okay, let's go Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, he's oh, got to be one. Fact. So, did, did did Alan Robinson score more points than Lamar Jackson this week? Well, wait, wait. He, he didn't score more points than Lamar Jackson with two minutes left in the game. Um, but, unfortunately, I, I want to speak about the Ravens when we get into the games. But, no, I think Lamar Jackson scored less points because of a couple of... Uh, pretty bad turnovers in the last two plays of the game. Shackles, um, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I saw the end of the Ravens game, and I think he must have spat at least four points away just in those last few minutes. Correct, yeah. correct. Alan Robinson scored more points than Lamar Jackson. Um, oh, random one. Dante Pettis, the, Dante Pettis. The, the Chicago Bears wide receiver. I mean, surely. Did Alan Robinson score more points than him this week? I don't even know who he is, so yes. Yeah, I I, I try my best to not watch uh, the Chicago Bears play football, so I'm going to say that he did. He obviously didn't, because (laughs) Dante Pettis is an absolute stud. Uh, He's an absolute stud who scored 18.4 fantasy points. 
Wow. Dalvin Cook. Come on, give us give us an easy one. Dalvin Cook. Did Alan Robinson score more points than well, Dalvin Cook? Well, see, I, I like this exercise because it's just like just 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 I'm just remembering just just spurts of things from from Red Zone on the weekend, and I'm fairly certain Dalvin Cook had a huge run for a touchdown, which was like all of his fantasy points. Um. I know for a fact that Alan Robinson beat Dalvin Cook because after weeks of uh, saying that I give cold takes, I looked at Dalvin Cook's weeks and the only boom week he's had is when I picked him because Dalvin Cook's got about 13 <laughs> points this week. Correct. Yeah, and they all did come on yes, that one run, didn't correct. they? Correct. Uh, Alan Robinson scored more points than Dalvin Cook this week. Joe and, Mixon, give us give us a solid start. Ooh. Joe Mixon, did he score more points than Joe Mixon uh, what this is even week? What's happening with Joe Mixon this year? I'm going to say yes, just because I don't think I've thought about Joe Mixon once this season so far. I think it was close, but I'm, I'll, I'll just give it to Mixon. It was Robinson. Yeah. Once again, it was Robinson. And, okay, this has got to be a surefire hit. Did Alan Robinson score more points than Cooper Cup, his <laughs> his wide receiver teammate on the Rams? Did Alan Robinson actually outscore the, no, the Cooper Cup, not. who Alex was just gushing about? No, no, surely he not. did. Surely not. No, he, he did. He did That's this only week because Cup didn't get in the end. Zone. He did this week. Now that exercise was just me showing how how sort of irreverent the scores were this week. You had absolute nobodies like Bailey Zappi and Dante Pettis scoring really highly. Then all these big names. Doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, scoring's majorly down on the year, uh, but this week was horrible. Horrible. Yeah, and moving on to the teams, I think a potential explanation for all these underwhelming performances uh, of of players and everybody's fantasy teams, I know in a lot of my leagues there weren't that many high scores this week, um, is that 10 out of the 13 games played this week hit the under on the over-under bets. So, you know, in betting, you can bound how many combined points there are in each team. Vegas sets the lines, and Vegas are often, you know, quite in tune with all this stuff. Um, for example, they had the Cardinals versus the Seahawks. The over-under was 50.5 points. Hmm. Um, that game ended with 28 combined points. So that should tell you everything you need to know. A lot of the games hit the under. That means less points scored in real life. That means less fantasy points to go around for all these players. Uh, Al, any any notes on the teams this week, the matches? Yeah, I I just said that I'd like to just mention the Ravens because... So there's there's a huge correlation this year with Lamar playing really well and him having Rashad Bateman. But... This it's it's just been a problem for years. The lack of weapons. I don't know why they had to get rid of Hollywood and put slot Bateman in. Couldn't they have them both? Because it's like this coaching staff for me. They could get sacked from the coaching decisions they make on the field and and wasting a player like Lamar Jackson's prime years. They could get sacked for all the losses from winning positions that they have had in the past three years. But I think the most egregious thing is just the roster construction. This guy has got no weapons. And it's like, it gets to the point where I'm not sure what you want him to do with these players that he's throwing the ball to. And it's it's baffling how they could have had Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, but for whatever reason, this coaching staff builds a roster to have a clear number one wide receiver and just nobody's behind him. Um, so that that's really starting to annoy me, um, and it has been for the past few years because I just think they're wasting Lamar Jackson, totally wasting him. Um, <clears throat> other than that, I just said the Thursday night game was awful. Uh, why, are, why are the Commanders and the Burrs even in the league? <laughs> and for a second, I'll stick up for um, for Carson Wentz. <clears throat> I thought, I like Ron Rivera, but I thought he, he, he was talking a lot of rubbish on Thursday night. He was having, so he was having a go at the reporters for criticising Carson Wentz. He was saying, you know, you're always on this guy's back. And it's like, let's just rewind four days where you called him out. To the whole league, to the whole, uh, to the reporters, you called Carson Wentz out and said that it's bad quarterback play. Which, by the way, 
bad quarterback play is not the reason that you're at the bottom of that division. We've just had, the Cowboys have just had Cooper Rush at quarterback for four games. So it is not quarterback play why you're at the bottom of that division. Yeah, and just quickly on Wentz, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, I don't know what happened. He was a great player a couple of years ago, but I don't know what ever happened. But I saw an interesting stat today. Um, he leads the NFC East in passing touchdowns with 10. The closest is like Jalen Hurts with five or something. Like so, he's he's probably been like the best passing quarterback in the division. But that's obviously not how you're winning games. No, and and you know that <clears throat> that's purely because Dak Prescott has been injured. Uh, I expect Prescott to to pass that ten touchdown mark in like the next three games. Yeah. Um, other than that, no, just the the Bills and Chiefs. It was yet another blockbuster game this season that perhaps wasn't as high scoring as we'd expected. But after that playoff game last year, it was just nice to see these teams playing some defense. I thought. Yeah, Chirples, Any any notes on the games, the teams? Um, no, nothing. Uh, nothing particular. I think the. I think you're right. I think that there's just been generally worst games than last season. I think the Bears Commanders was probably the the highlight of that. And um yeah, just been a, a little bit flat. It'd be nice to see some some more exciting ones next week. The Broncos are still really bad by the oh, way. Oh yeah, I mean the Broncos Cliff Kingsbury is well and truly on the hot seat like I alluded to last week. The thing with the Broncos, right, the drop Russell Wilson if you have him. Drop him <laughs> everywhere. Um, they're awful, and they somehow make the teams they play against awful. Now, I'm not saying that because like Dem- Denver's defense is great. They're okay, but it, it doesn't feel like it's because Denver's defense is really good. It feels like the ineptitude of the Broncos is contagious, and any team that plays against them is crap, like they are. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... You had a lot of sort of surefire favourites this week losing. What happened? Yeah, what happened to the book, the books, the 49ers, the Packers, and the Ravens? I mean, Tom Brady the other week talked about how there's a, he's seen a lot of bad football so far this year. That includes yourself, mate, and your own team. What happened there? Anyone? Well, yeah, I mean, Brady wasn't there for the walkthrough on Saturday. He was, he was away in New York and. He just doesn't really seem dialed in at the minute, um, and neither does this team. And you know, I'm I'm not one to write off the the Buccaneers. I think they, in the year that they won the Super Bowl, they looked worse than this in the first half of the season. Mm, yeah, but yeah, you kind of with the whole retiring, unretiring thing, you thought, all right, he's definitely going to come out of the block swinging. Then if he's got something to prove, and it doesn't really feel like that. It feels like he's he's still not convinced that he's actually back weirdly and i know that you know it's it's kind of a weird thought but that actually looks like how he's playing football yeah no, i agree so who's the worst team in the league after week 6 Sharples? well it's interesting because the first two weeks i thought the bears then the second two weeks I thought it was the commanders then they played each other and the commanders won um but it's the panthers yes <laughs> I like that. Alex? Oh, well, I was fully buying into Sharples, is, uh what he was building up to there, because I think it's the Burrs. Nice. Um, I, for me, I, I'm going personal with this, and I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Denver, because they're just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. The weapons that they have, the potential, and they're just rubbish, so I'm saying Denver. Um, so not buying it, Win. Colton Sutton's fine. I still, I still love Colton Sutton. I don't. It's, it's, I don't. So... I just want to say, it's been brought up, so I need to get this out there. So this week, I I went into the Monday night game with two really narrow uh, leads in, in my two main leagues. And in one of them, <clears throat> I was playing against Cortland Sutton, and in one of them, I had Cortland Sutton. So it was kind of a case of, look, Cortland Sutton has a normal game, then... I win this other league, I lose in this other league. You know, it's kind of a win-lose-lose-win kind of thing. Well, no, it wasn't, because I lost in both leagues. <laughs> Somehow, I lost... He, he got just the right amount of points to make me lose in both leagues. Uh, so I'm not happy with Colin Sutton at the minute. I had the complete opposite problem in that I needed 3.3 points to win, and he gave me 3.4. Nice. 
Generous. Well, how fantastic is that for you? <laughs> oh, great. Um, one of those games Alex is talking about was against me. So, um, not buying it win. Who won and, and we're just whatever? Sharples? Uh, Steelers for me. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. obviously the Bucks weren't at it and I just, I don't like the defence without TJ Watt there. I don't like the offence. Uh, I like Mike Tomlin, but that's about it. Nice. Al? Oh. I'm going to go the Rams because I, I, I kind of highlighted this as a get-right game for the Rams and they just looked totally unconvincing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rams. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the winner of the Toilet Bowl, Thursday Night Football, the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Impressive win, Sharples. Uh The Jets knocking off the Packers at Lambeau Field, need I say mm-hmm. more? Nice. I'm going to... So last week, I believe, me and Sharples both had Jets in not buying it win. We did, we did, And this yeah. week, we've both got them in okay. impressive win because, yeah, you got to start paying attention to them. They're not winning with the ugliest football in the world like the Giants are. They're actually playing some decent football. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's one thing the Packers losing away uh, from home. It's another thing them getting slapped at Lambeau. So, yes, the Jets. Uh I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think I messaged both of you after they won, after they absolutely trounced the Browns and said, I don't know how Bill Belichick keeps doing it, but he does. I thought they looked really good. Defence looked good, running game looked strong, and they had the third-string quarterback and still comfortably beat a, beat a Browns team who are meant to be competing. Um, so it's the Patriots for me. But, as always, there was injuries this week, some notable ones. We'll run through them now. Hollywood Brown, foot injury, appeared to be really bad, uh, and now the reports are that it's not as bad. Um, Still don't think he's going to be back no. um, until maybe the real-life playoffs, if, True. Not, if not like yeah. the last week of the fantasy playoffs. So, so yeah. unless you've got an IR spot, you might have to drop him. Yeah, Brown to miss at least six weeks, which is not great news, but as you say, he might be back to save you in those fancy playoffs. So keep hold of him if you've got an IR spot, put him in that. Carson Wentz, fractured finger, he's going to be out four to six weeks, which means it's the Taylor Heineke show mm-hmm. in no, Washington again. Um, Kenny Pickett exited the game with a concussion, Steelers quarterback, so keep just keep an eye on that. It would On the concussions, by the way, even though they're saying he'll play if he clears the protocol, Olave this past week was kind of a guinea pig for what the concussion protocol is going to look like from now on. And he kind of progressed through it in a way that a month ago he would have played, but they held him out of the game. So it's looking like concussion, you're probably going to definitely miss the next week from now on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Randall Cobb, high ankle sprain, should miss some time. Kendrick Bourne toe injury also should miss some time and Bucks tight end Cameron Brett left of their game with a neck injury so looks like it might be a change at tight end for them mm. now as always we love accountability you got the spreadsheet on this podcast the spreadsheet is back <coughs> let's start with quarterback how did our quarterbacks do um, Al just run us through yours on the spreadsheet my quarterback or all of them your quarterback okay um, not looking good uh, my section of the spreadsheet this week <laughs> really not looking great um, Stafford 11 fantasy points I just mentioned before uh, the Rams were totally unconvincing and this wasn't the get right game and if they can't get right at home against the Panthers then I don't have much hope for this team this year uh, Sherples do you know where your quarterback did? Um, I believe he didn't hit or miss. He was just a an, an average week for him. I went for Tom Brady. He had 243 yards and one touchdown, which I think saved him from being a bust. Um, no, you would be wrong. I'm seeing an M. I, I'm, I'm saying this as if I don't do the spreadsheet. I do the spreadsheet, and I'm seeing a big, big old red M next to Brady. Oh, really? Because okay. I thought, for um, me, okay. Tom Brady scoring um, 13 fantasy so, points is yeah, a I was, miss. I was very surprised, given that he had his weapons back and that the Steelers' defense hadn't been up to it. Uh, obviously, just wasn't clicking for them. Uh, as we mentioned, he was at Robert Kraft's wedding on the Saturday, so maybe one too many Scotch eggs at the buffet. <laughs> um. My quarterback, Kirk Cousins, I mean, if anything, this is better. 
this is a better week than than hitting because Kirk Cousins. Now the projections that we go for uh, ESPN PPR four point quarterback projections. Kirk Cousins matched his projection on the dot sixteen point five, um, and I think he deserves plaudits for that for not going above and beyond, just doing just enough for a fantasy team. Uh, Al, how did your running back do this week? I don't really want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Melvin Gordon, he he just got pulled from the game. He got pulled. Obviously, when you have an electric, explosive, young up-and-comer in the backfield like Latavius Murray. Yeah. um, Oh, yeah. That's a joke, by the way. He's he's really old. Um, Yeah. I'm not too sure what happened here. Uh, I... Last week and the week before, I would have been an advocate for trading for Melvin Gordon, but clearly this team, uh, the the mind of um, patience well and truly ran thin with Melvin Gordon, and he was barely even on the field. It's a 0.8. It's my worst take of the year so far. Nice. Sharples, how did yours do? Uh, I went for Brees Hall, uh, running back for the New York mm. Jets. Um, 116 yards and a touchdown. A nice game from him. Um, two targets like the week before. The only difference is last week he had 95 more receiving yards. So not quite the um, the big display that we got last week. But um, yeah, a good week for him. And Al, was it a hit or was it just did it count as a an average week? It was a hit. 20 points is twenty points is going to always probably be a hit unless you like Lamar Jackson against... The Lions twenty points is always going to be nice. Yeah, I um, I went for Amandre Stevenson who got seventy six yards and two touchdowns on the ground and caught four passes for fifteen yards for twenty five point one fancy points. Surefire hit. Um, he was a safe bet this week, and I think he's a safe bet this coming week as well. Uh, Al wide receiver, how did you do there? Uh, Jacoby Myers, he got ten points. Absolute nothing game. Didn't kill you. But Jacoby Myers is actually playing really well. He's still averaging like 15 points. He's only played in four games. Um, he's a really nice player. I would be, is, I would be definitely um, two, if you, two flex league, flexing him every week. If not, you know, mid-end, middle middle of the pack, wide receiver two. Uh, I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver, Sharples. Uh, I went for Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals and I picked him based on T Higgins being out, but unfortunately Higgins ended up playing. Um, that being said, still a solid week for Boyd, six receptions and 66 yards. We just didn't see that increased ceiling that we would have seen if Higgins was out. Yeah, yeah. Higgins played, but he didn't. He wasn't used like a player who was fully healthy. I didn't no, think. he just he just mm, took targets true, away. Man. True, I a agree. Few. Bit of a bit of a decoy. Yeah. Uh, I went with Gabe Davis, who uh, didn't absolutely blow up, but. He caught three passes for 74 yards and a touchdown. 16.4 fantasy points, which is a hit. It's a like, tentative hit. I didn't have it as a hit but it is a two hit. seconds ago. Uh, and it, it, feels next, like, it feels like it listen, feels like a stretch to call 16 <laughs> fantasy points for a receiver but, but, I mean, for the second receiver on the Bills at hit. You've, I mean, we have set these parameters, we're, I agree. Yeah, yeah. You set the parameters, we're just going off the projections and you've got to set the bar somewhere. Gabe Davis was a hit. I'll move straight on to my... My tight end, who was Irv Smith, he caught four passes for seven yards uh, and a touchdown. Oh, you're not having this, uh, I'm sorry. 10.7 fancy points, which according to your parameters is a hit. Uh, let me just edit the, the spreadsheet <laughs> again. That, that didn't feel like, that doesn't feel like it. Doesn't matter what it feels like, mate. Yeah. So you had a, you had three hits this week. I did. And it, and I did have cousins. three hits. Yeah. Um, so it was a nice week for me, but Al, how did your tight end do? Uh, it was Gerald Everett. He got 7.9. His best game for about three weeks. He didn't totally kill you, but... um, Yeah, I'm getting a bit worried for Everett's outlook when Keenan Allen comes back now, because um, if he's not putting up, like, you know, decent numbers or touchdown every week, every other week, should I say, with Keenan Allen not there, then... Maybe he, he might just be phased out entirely when Keenan Allen comes back. But thankfully, Keenan Allen's not going to be coming back for f- about five years. So, <laughs> uh, Sharples, tight end. 
How did how um, did uh, he do? Yeah, I went for Taysom Hill, uh, <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Unfortunately, he didn't get the big play from Hill, which is what you're sort of banking on. Uh, 16 yeah. passing yards and 39 rushing yards, standard from a tight end. Um, but he didn't get himself in the end zone. It's a risk you take when you're playing him. But, um, you know, four and a half points from a tight end spot, I mean, it's not, it's not a bust. Yeah, so this is my argument to say that Taysom Hill's status on the app should be changed, on the ESPN app should be changed from tight end. Do you know how many passes he's, he's caught this season? Uh, none. Two. Chapels. He's caught one pass <laughs> in the first week of the season. He shouldn't be a tight end no, on this app. No. He should be a running back. He should be down as a running back. Yeah. True. We'll move on, though. And also, there's no point... These these platforms that have him as oh, but he's a tight end and a running back. Well, in what world are you ever going to play him in a running back position in that league? You're obviously always going to put him in your tight end. He should be like the only player who is locked in a flex spot. He should just it should just say flex underneath. You can't put him anywhere else other than a flex spot or something. Yeah, and I think you should like Cordero should have that as well. Yeah, true. But moving on now. I wasn't here the other week when you whipped out this jacuzzi or whatever you're on. Oh about. yes, the jacuzzi of concern. The jacuzzi of concern. But I thought I'd, I thought I thought I'd um, give you my tech on it. Now, I've noticed we're in week six now, and I noticed there's, there's been quite a few players who had a hot start to the season, but they've they've tapered off a little bit. So my idea is we're in this jacuzzi, yeah, but it's the bubble bath edition. So I'm going to pour in some bubble bath formula, right, <laughs> with these certain players' names on it, and you're going to tell me if the bubbles are bursting. Yeah, The bubbles are bursting, okay. Yeah. It's a jacuzzi of concerned bubble bath edition, right? Mm. Now, we're in the jacuzzi, lads, right? I'm going to pour some Clyde Edwards Allure formula in. <clears throat> Is, are the bubbles bursting, Al? Uh, yeah. Because he was so, like... Um, it was so touchdown dependent in the first few weeks. The opportunities weren't the. It, it was so efficient, so weirdly efficient for Clyde that it wasn't sustainable. And now you're kind of coming back down to reality. I still think you can play him in a matchup that you think you're going to get a touchdown out of him, and he's still playing in the Kansas City offense as arguably the lead back. I don't. I don't even know if you could actually mm-hmm. definitively say that. But yeah. Pop, Chapels, What do you think? Are those bubbles bursting? No, I, I don't think so. Um, I think it's it, it's not. You know, the past couple of games haven't been good, but equally, you know, they, they played the Bills in one of those games. They've got San Francisco coming up next, then a bye. So I think this is actually the perfect time to buy low on him because um, I think there'll be a lot of owners yeah. wanting to get off him. He comes back from the bye, and then he plays Tennessee, Jacksonville, and the Chargers. So I think I think it's a good potential opportunity to to buy low and, and maybe profit a little bit. So no, I think those bubbles are still uh, still nice and bubbly for me. Nice. To... If, if if you want to put your money where your mouth is, I know uh, an owner in our league who has been desperate to get out of Clyde Edwards <laughs> alert yeah. um, for a few weeks. Our brother Adam. So, All right. Uh, why well, don't you have a chat? With, why don't you he, have a chat with him, Sharples? If he wants to trade James Robinson for him, then I'm very happy to do that. I would, it's, I would, it, I would, no, I would quite easily do that. It's funny that you said James Robinson shelves because the next jacuzzi we're going to we drained that, oh. and the very, the very next bull by formula that so I'm going to put in the jacuzzi, fill up the water all, fill again. the water all again. <laughs> very no, very it's energy. not sustainable. This is a, not a sustainable. This energy jacuzzi. crisis that's going on. It's worth it for this debate, though. Um, James Robinson bull by formula. Sharples, I'm going to come to you first. Is I feel like you're going to tell me that that bulba formula is rubbish and it's and it's busting. Yeah, the 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 water is transparent. There's no bubbles whatsoever. Um, <laughs> it's flat. It's stale. It's like a tin of Carlin that's been left outside for three days. Um, yeah, is s- since week three, is his rushing attempts have been cut in half. Um, his targets have gone. I mean, it wasn't. It's not like he was having a load of targets anyway. But yeah, they've gone down, and it, it's a shame, really, because I watched those first three games and I thought, right, you've stolen this job from Travis Etienne. Um, but they've given they've given it back to Etienne. They're splitting the carries down the middle, and yeah, um, didn't spend too much capital mm. on him, but he's just annoying me because I know what he can do, and he's not doing it. So yeah, I know. I agree. It's like he was like a real sort of um, 
a real underdog story coming off the Achilles injury, and Achilles injuries are just, you know, they're like kryptonite for running backs, but he seemed like he'd beaten it, he was doing really well, and I don't know whether it's his inability or it's the team's choice of Etienne that's that's hampered him, but yeah, he's just not been the same as those first two weeks. Al, what do you think? Um, I don't think so much, no, not as much as Ed, Edwards Allaire, just purely based on the eye test, you know, I don't think Clyde Edwards Allaire, outside of his very first game in the league, has ever really looked like a very good running back. I thought James Robinson yeah. looked really good for the first few weeks of the season, and obviously it's not worked out um, since then, so you worry because, as you just said, coming off the Achilles injury. But this team has got a really easy schedule when you look at run defences. They've got the best in the league, actually. Um, and to me, it's not a case of ETN taking his role. I think they're two very different running backs. And I would like to have James Robinson on my team. I would I would be advocating trading for Travis Etienne right now, to be honest with you. Um, go hard after Travis Etienne. But no, I, I, I would like James Robinson on my team. I thought, I thought he, he passed the eye test in those first few weeks in a way that, say, Cam Akers <laughs> hasn't. Mm. Um, so I, I think there's something definitely in that. So I'm I'm still in. On James Robinson, personally. Okay, great. So a couple of a couple of sort of uh, mixed ones there. Now, mm. let's see if we can let's see if we can agree on on this Bulba formula, right? We're out. We've drained it again. We're jumping back into a fresh one with some Christian Kirk formula in there. Uh, Al, are these bubbles bursting? Well, this it, this these ones def- they depend on what you think of the Jaguars. This one and the last one. Um, because it has been a tale of two seasons so far. Um, they've looked really good or mediocre. Uh, I tend to lean towards the 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 narrative that says they're actually quite good and they've improved because I think Doug Peterson is a really good coach uh, and they've got a lot of good players. That being said, I never thought Christian Kirk was very good in Arizona. I almost was won over in those first three weeks of the season because the numbers spoke for themselves. However, it's tough because he plays bare with all the wide receivers there. However, he should be playing good regardless. So, yes, the bubbles are bursting. Sharples, what do you think about Christian Kirk? I think it all depends on your perspective, really. I mean, you know, where did you draft him in the ninth, tenth round? And for him to still be, you know, the top 20 wide receiver, which is what he is. I don't think you can be too disappointed with that. Um, obviously, yeah, when you saw the first few weeks, you thought, bloody hell, this could be a real breakout. Um, his targets have definitely dropped off in the last couple of games. But, you know, the fact is you pick someone up in the ninth or 10th that is probably averaging about eight targets a game, and there's not a lot of players that do that. So um, probably depends where you are in your league. If you're up at the top 6-0, and you think, oh, yeah, worth a punt. If you're 0-6, you're thinking... Why the hell did I pick him? But yeah, I think I think for where you drafted yeah, him, true. the bubble bubble still there. True, exactly. And it's about leveling it. It's about leveling out, really. It's about these players who will come down to earth, and the the fantasy value will level out. As you're saying about Kirk, he seemed like like whoa, he's he's, he's looking top fifteen wide receiver here. You drafted him to be a top thirty right wide receiver, top twenty borderline, and that's what he's slowly becoming. And as you say. If that's where you drafted him, then there's no real reason to be disappointed. Right, sticking with wide receivers, we're going to go with a rookie because rookies are, I think, a little bit harder to assess in this because we haven't seen him previously in the league. Uh, Drake London mm. bubble bath formula. Is it? Are these bubbles bursting? Sharples with Drake London. Um. Yes, I think it. I think it is. Um. As you say, with a rookie, it's hard to judge. And I think in the future, it's definitely be someone to keep an eye on. But that Atlanta offense, I think, was always a bit sketchy. You didn't know which way it was going to go. I mean, you've seen that with, with Kyle Pitts as well. Um, and I think, unfortunately, you know, you talk about things returning to the mean. I think that's what Drake London's done. Um, I don't see him having a massive, you know, uptick again. Um, and I think he'll probably, you know, level out to maybe average about eight, nine points this season. So, yeah, for me, the bubble has burst with that one. Al, what do you think? Well, it was funny when you were saying 
we've got a rookie next, I was thinking like, oh, is it Garrett Wilson? Is it Dotson? Yeah. There's a few of these rookies that have kind of uh, come back down to reality. Yeah, I think the Bulls are bursting with this one. They're the most run-heavy team in the whole league. They, they don't care about passing the ball. They don't care if they spent a first-round draft pick a few years ago on Kyle Pitts. Uh, apparently, they don't care that they spent a first-round draft pick this year on Drake London because <laughs> they don't want to pass the ball. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, I think I'd agree with you this year on Drake mm. London. Although, I mean, the Falcons do can score points. They can score points. So, we'll see. And our last one, this is maybe the most loaded uh, bubble bath formula. It's certainly the biggest one. So... Get ready for a lot of bubbles, and a lot of them, they're either going to be busting right in front of us, or they're going to be here to stay. Lamar Jackson, bubble bath formula. Al, what do you think? No. What's going on with Lamar? No, the bubbles aren't busting, mate. There's still only one quarterback in fantasy who you'd play over him week to week, that being Josh Allen. Uh, it's a no-brainer. You're putting Lamar in your lineup. no one else has the ceiling that he does. I think the Ravens' bubble might be busting. Um... I think they need to just just overhaul this coaching staff. I love the I love the fact that Lamar bet on himself at the beginning of the year, and I think that these these look when you Lamar Jackson has a has an awful game, and he still gets you sixteen fantasy points, whereas people like Brady, Rogers, Stafford can't even crack that this year. You're going to be fine. Um, and were it not for those two players at the end of the game, um, one of which was was just an awful, um, an awful snap to him. Admittedly, he should have probably not thrown the ball where he did. However, he had a receiver there who looked like he was glued to the floor. You know, maybe maybe try and compete for a pass as well. Um, no, I don't. I, I I might I I really like Lamar and I might sound really biased here, but I don't put much of the Ravens' failings on him. I think he's he's he's, he's kind of always with the Ravens. Lamar's done all he can, um, you know, and, and it's not his fault if the team's failing him. And I admit, if a team is failing someone, you think, oh well, is that good for fantasy? No, it isn't. But Lamar's going to be fine. He's going to have he's going to have more twenty plus points weeks than. Less than 20 points. A nice bubbly bath there for Al. What about you, Sharples? What do you think? Mm, tough one. I, I, I think I agree with Al that obviously the fact that um, there's always going to be weeks where he can blast it and get 40 points, and so he's never going to become like not relevant. But I think given that we were opening the first, what, three games saying he was potentially the MVP of the entire league, and those talks have simmered down quite rapidly. So again, I think it's a matter of perspective, but considering how well he started, I think 13, 14 and 16 points is a bit of a bubble bursting. So yeah, I think I think the bubble has burst in that regard. Yeah, I'd agree because outside of Lamar's MVP season, like the past two years, this has been the story, unfortunately. It's been a story of, of talent going to waste a little bit and everyone begging the team to do something more with him and they just don't um i i mean it's just deja vu because because every year you're like lamar can get 30 points a game lamar can get 40 fantasy points and then he comes out getting 16 in most weeks and it's just really frustrating but what were you going to say Al? if he was on the eagles they would win the super bowl this year yeah he's a better throw of the ball than jalen hurts he's a better runner of the ball than jalen hurts that team can throw the ball better than the ravens they can run the ball better than the ravens they've got better weapons than the ravens i suppose it's an interesting question if if he was to say to the ravens okay no thanks you've not really helped me out where do you think would be a good fit for him um I don't know. What do you think, Sharples? Um, I think he'd look pretty good on the Seahawks, actually. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that one. Yeah, same. Weapons there, team that knows how to run the ball. Geno Smith's really good. He's not Lamar Jackson, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, you were the first Seahawks trade. <laughs> Everything about Lamar Jackson. Well, they're not the team. They're not going to have to. Oh, he's going to be. Yeah, he's contract. Yeah. This is the thing. They're, they're not going to have to. Okay, so he can. He, he he has his pick. You know, Steelers. Yeah, that'd be true. nice at the Steelers. The you know. hottest free agent signing um, ever. 
Arguably, yeah. yeah. Um, Apart from if you consider a forty-two-year-old Tom Brady a really hot signing, which I don't clearly. I, he clearly was though. I really don't. Um, he was though. Yeah. Um, moving on though, lads, we'll go on to waivers now. Uh, before we get into them though, teams on a buy this week are the Bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles. So if you need to replace any of those guys, listen up. My two waiver picks this uh, this week are DJ Chark, wide receiver for. The uh, the Detroit Lions. I think Chuck was drafted by quite a lot of people. He's he was um, rostering over fifty percent of leagues at the start of the year, but he's missed like three weeks due to injury, so he's been dropped to less than thirty five percent of teams. Um, and we know this Detroit offense can score points. Um, Chuck's been decently involved when he's healthy, averaging six targets a game. Amanra is absolutely the one on this team, but. With with the Lions, the game script this year often, I mean, they're often coming from behind. They're throwing it around a lot. They're catching up, and I think there's a lot of volume there in this passing game. Um, so I take a flyer on Chark, and I also I just want to reiterate what Sharple said last week and give Sharples a shout out for Wondell Robinson. Um, he had a nice week last week, scoring a touchdown in the Giants' win against the Ravens. Uh, and like Sharples outlined last week, this. Giants wide receiver core is there for the taking and I think last week's performance um, went a fair way in helping Robinson take the reins of it really and he's a rookie so it's a, there's a bit of potential there that's sort of untapped, we don't really know what they could have in that player um, and he's still rostered in less than 10% of the league so he's worth a flyer Al, who are your waiver pickups this week? Uh, three wide receivers, I'm just going to really quickly rattle through them, Michael Gallup he should be rostered everywhere, you know. He's got a rapport with Dak Prescott. He's a really good player. Um, Prescott's coming back. I could see Michael Gallup having a really strong second half of the season and helping the Cowboys' offense get to the next level with Prescott. So get Michael Gallup added. The next one is if you if you just need a player with a, a quite a safe floor. Corey Davis seems to be the kind of go-to guy for Zach Wilson on the Jets' offense. So really not a flashy one, but if you're in a pinch and because of the bye weeks and with all those great wide receivers out this week, uh, I think you can pick up Corey Davis and have a safe floor. And Jameson Williams might be a bit of a stash. The um, the really high draft pick this year for the Lions, who hasn't played yet because he's been out uh, as much, as good as a Mamra is, I should say. Um, this offense needs more weapons. They need Swift to come back, and they clearly can't rely on like Hawkinson. You know, I think with a team um, who can put up as much as many points as the Lions, they they will be able to utilize multiple receivers, uh, and it might cap the ceiling of Amon Ra. But I think Jameson Williams could come in and really help this offense. So maybe a bit of a stash. I'm not sure if he's going to be back for a couple of weeks. But yeah, nice Sharples. Whatever picks, who do you think? Uh, I've gone for uh, the new running back for the Denver Broncos, Latavius Murray. Um, 15 carries against the Chargers last week, um, and the Broncos don't seem at all convinced by Melvin Gordon. Um, it's a bad offense, but you don't often get the chance to pick up a potential RB1 uh, off the waivers in the middle of the season, so I think well worth a punt. And I believe when I last checked, he was only rostered in 20% of leagues, so he's definitely out there. Um, and then my uh, other waiver is the wide receiver for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and that is Alec Pierce. Um, he seems to be developing into the clear wide receiver two on the Colts. He's got 22 targets in his last three games. Um, so if he keeps up that volume, he'll be a high-floor guy, even if his ceiling is somewhat limited by the Colts' offensive deficiencies. Nice. Thanks for that, lads. Moving on to the players we think you should be starting this week. Al? Yeah, looking ahead to week seven... Um, you know how we do it. The first segment is forget about it, and let's get into these players who are locked into your lineups. So at quarterback, you've got Lamar, Mahomes, Burrow, and Herbert. Forget about it. Running back: Saquon, McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Landon Fournette, and Damian Pierce. Forget about it. Damian Pierce back in his way on there. Yeah. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Debo, and Amon Ra. Forget about it. No love for Sutton. No, mate. Not. <laughs> never. And tight end, Andrews, Kelsey, and Earth. Forget about it. You know, 
some some short lists there shows you the talent that's out on by this week. It does, and thank you to that man once again for Thanks, coming mate. in. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're done. Clock nice out. one, lad. Clock uh, out now, pal. He's been here all day. Shut the door, though. He's been here all day, <laughs> all day for us. Cheers, lad. Uh, so, we'll move on to the to our suggestions who you should play this week. Sharples, give us your quarterback for Stoke. Well, initially I was going to go for Derek Carr. I thought Houston presented a good matchup, but something about last week was just itching at me. And I'm going back to the Brady well. I don't think it's going to be Tom Brady. <laughs> going I, back to the Brady I just, well. I like it. You know, I like it. I just can't believe that he's going to have back-to-back games like that. Um, I think this Panthers team is in turmoil, ready for the taking. They're already looking like they're waving the white flag with some of these. You know, let Robbie Anderson go. I know he had a fallout, but they still let him go for peanuts. Potentially talking about trading McCaffrey. They look like they're ready to blow up. Um, I think he'll have given the O-line a bollocking. I think he'll have eaten some carrots to atone for the Scotch eggs here at the buffet. And I think he'll come out with three touchdowns. We know he gave the O-line a bollocking. Yeah. I like that, Sharp. I like that you're putting your whole credibility on the line. Because if he has a bad week this week, you're toast, mate. No. Um, Al. Uh, I'm going to go to her. Yeah. He's still listed as questionable because of what happened a few weeks ago, but it's looking like he's going to play this week. He's practising as a starter. Uh, and he had, of course, those great first two weeks of the season. Uh, two not-so-great weeks after that, but they were the the concussion uh, weeks where he took, he took like a really bad... Hit to the head in both weeks, so um, you write those off if you ask me. He, he's he's going to look more like he did in those first two weeks. You know, he's coming back to a fully healthy Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, a running game that seems to have found its identity in Raheem Mostert. So basically, he's coming back to a better team than the one he left two weeks ago. Uh, and the Steelers are dead last against fantasy wide receivers and bottom six against quarterbacks. So passing passing on them, um, they should see a lot of joy in this passing game for the Dolphins at home in a matchup that they'll be expected to win uh, and get the season back on course. So, yeah, I like Tua to have a really good comeback game. Nice. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Um, He's coming off a season high in passing yards, completions and touchdowns. Oh, by the way, no. Matt Ryan? I just just realised what you said. No. Not for me. Continue. (laughs) Uh, I second that he went 42 of 58 for 389 yards and three touchdowns against the Jags last week he now faces a Titans team with an even worse secondary than the Jags uh, having given up the second most touchdowns on uh, passing touchdowns that is on the season um, he seems to have finally found a bit of a groove with the wide receivers this last week with nice games by Pittman Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce and um, so I mean I'm not I'm not saying that I think the the Colts have fully figured things out, but I'm fine riding last week's big game from Ryan into this week in what I think is a nice matchup for the passing attack and should be a competitive game. Um Sherples, give us your wide receiver. Um so I've gone for someone uh, who I thought would be a forget about it, but uh was confirmed that he's not. Uh C D Lamb, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Um He's not had less than eight targets in a game this season, um, although the past couple of games that hasn't translated into a touchdown. But I think with that kind of volume, it's only a matter of time. I think whether Dak is back or not, the Lions represent a chance for Lamb to have a big week because they're currently last uh, in defensive rankings. So, um, yeah, looking for a big week from CD player Lamb. Nice. Al? Yeah, the only thing about Lamb is that it's, the ceiling's not been there. That's why I suppose he's not a forget about it yet. Um, he's not blown up, which you want to see. You want to see. He doesn't seem like he's got the the Je- Jefferson Chase um, ceiling yet. So until we see that, you know. However, okay, mine is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'm going straight in. Uh, the offense in Arizona desperately needs Hopkins. Obviously, he's coming back from that six-game suspension. Um, okay, they just lost Hollywood, so maybe the overall situation of the offense hasn't changed that much. But personally, I think Hopkins is better than Hollywood, and it's not particularly close. Uh, in the two years that Hopkins has been in Arizona, he's been a target machine. You know, 160 targets in his first year, and on pace for 110 last year. Uh, and that was even in a down year for Hopkins that was plagued with injury. 
he finished as a wide receiver five on the season in his first year with Kyler, and he was averaging enough points last season to comfortably be the wide receiver three. And again, that was a down year, uh, but he did have eight touchdowns in 10 games last year. Uh, I think he comes back and he doesn't miss a beat. By all accounts, he felt quite hard done by by the suspension, and he's constantly pleaded his innocence, so I think he's going to be angry and determined to come back and prove a point. The matchup against the Saints is really nice, the... the bottom six against fantasy wide receivers and I do think this offense is just going to benefit from some familiarity you know by no means do I think Hopkins coming in is some miracle cure but this offense has been successful in the past with Kyler throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and I think he will make a difference in that regard Uh, and look it if you have Hopkins, that means that you drafted him. So you drafted a player in your fantasy draft that you knew was going to miss the first six weeks over players who weren't. So this is what you've been waiting for. So don't overthink it. You drafted him to put him in in this week. So Hopkins. Cheers, Al. Um, my wide receiver pick is Al Lazard. Uh, he's averaging 14.5 PPR fantasy points a game. Now, you could argue that he's been a little bit touchdown dependent so far this year, but I think he's been involved enough in the offence that I would still be confident in starting him this week against a very ropey commander's secondary. Outside of Lazard's first week back in week two, he's seen... Six to nine targets a game, um, and he's been Aaron Rodgers' favourite target in the red zone. He's racked up uh, four TDs in five games, four touchdowns in five games. The Commanders just so happened to have given up the second most touchdowns to wide receivers, the joint second most actually with the Titans, who I previously mentioned. Um, they're also bottom eight in fancy points given up to wide receivers and quarterbacks, so. I think Rodgers and Green Bay have a bit of a get-right game against Washington, and I think that means another nice game for Lazard, so I'd be confidently starting Al Lazard this week. Sharples, who's your running back? Um, yep, another um, surprisingly non-forget-about-it guy for me, uh, Alvin Kamara, running back for the New Orleans Saints. Um, last week, he had 99 rushing yards, 9 targets, um, 6 receptions for 25 yards, and he's averaging 21 carries over his past couple of games. He was injured before that. Um, but he's yet to score a rushing touchdown this season, so I think uh, our old friend Mr. Positive Regression is due for a visit, uh, and I think Kamara oh, yeah. might be due for a boom week. Nice. Al? Again, on the forget about thing, it's just because Kamara's not had the ceiling yet, you know. Those guys in the forget about section are the, the top echelon and uh, Kamara's had a disappointing season. Sure. Um, I'm going Ken Walker, uh, running back for the Seahawks. It's it's the perfect mix of opportunity and talent, I think. In the first game without Penny last week, he ran the ball 24 times and he just looked great. He's extremely mm. elusive. Uh, the team trusts him and he's just a really exciting player for the rest of the season. And... The Chargers are the juiciest of juicy matchups for running backs this year. They are the worst team at defending the run in the league. Don't let, um, don't let the last week's game against the Broncos throw that off because it has thrown some of the stats off. However, that was more because of the Broncos' utter coaching ineptitude than anything else. The Chargers didn't shut down the run. Uh, against the Broncos. The Broncos just decided to not run the ball against the worst run defence in the league because they have idiots calling plays. Pete Carroll, on the other hand, loves establishing the run. Walker's a smash play in this one. The Chargers are still awful at defending the run. He's going to have a really big game, I think. Nice, I'm going Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott. Dallas playing Detroit, so you want to target this matchup. Um... Although the one of the few teams who have already had a bye week, so they played one less game than most teams, the Lions uh, have given up the joint most rushing touchdowns to running backs this year and are bottom 10 in yards given up to running backs. Zeke's been a bit underwhelming for fantasy football, but if you actually watch him play, which being a Cowboys fan I have done, so this might be a little biased, but... He's looked really good and he's been a strong asset for the team. He's been getting those small gains, you know, for converting first downs and just keeping the chains moving. Not the stats that 
show up in fantasy football, but just shows he's certainly not lost it, I don't think. Um, just his usage has changed a little bit. You know, he's not really using the passing game uh, as much anymore. But um, he's coming off his best game of the year with 81 rushing yards and a touchdown against the very solid Eagles defence. Uh, and will hopefully this week have Dak Prescott back at quarterback. Now, this is a little bit of a narrative sort of thing, but we've seen in previous years how Dak's presence sort of elevates Zeke, uh, whether that's because of Prescott's actual play style or just a bit of a confidence boost for Ezekiel Elliott being you know, draft class partners and close friends. Whatever the case, I think Zeke is a good start this week. He'll see plenty of opportunities against the Detroit team, giving up nearly 30 PPR fantasy points to running backs. Sharples, tight end, here's with it. Um, yeah, so uh, I went with uh, a bloke who I think Al has started down on before, um, Gerald Everett. I think he's got one more week in him. Um, the Seahawks are giving up the second most fantasy points to tight ends this season, um, and Everett has enjoyed a, a relatively steady target share. Obviously, there's the potential return of Keenan Allen, which is a worry, but I think it'll be a high-scoring match. should be a plenty of ball to go around. Um, so even if Keenan Allen is back, I think Gerald Everett could have a, a pretty good game. Nice. Al? Cool. Uh, I'm going Hayden Hurst. You know, the tight end landscape has gone from promising at the start of the year to an absolute garbage dump. Mm-hmm. But... This is a pretty simple one. Uh, We saw Hurst have a really good game against his former team, the Ravens, a couple of weeks ago. They forced him the ball. So I'm saying he'll have another nice game in another revenge game this week against the Falcons. That's my logic, and I'm sticking to it. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I'm not really that confident in my tight end pick this week, but it's a bit of a dark throw. Um, I'm going Logan Thomas, tight end for... The commanders, he's, he is questionable. He's missed a couple of games, so keep an eye on it. But I think if he plays, I know the Packers have been a bad matchup for tight ends, but I have my reasoning behind picking Logan Thomas. So he's missed the past two weeks with a calf injury, but he's coming off uh, a long rest week because Washington played in last Thursday's game. So he's going to have more chance to be fully healthy. Um, in games that he has played, He's been a bit disappointed, but he has averaged five targets a game. He's been involved in the offense. Uh, I mean, as involved as you want your tight end to be. Um, now, one of the main reasons I'm rolling with Thomas is the change of quarterback to Taylor Heineke. Heineke's been the backup in Washington since 2020 and played his way into the starting job last year. And he's showed a decent rapport with Logan Thomas uh, when they played together You know, in seven games playing together. Thomas has averaged 48 receiving yards a game and he's seen 30 receptions and three touchdowns in those seven games. Not world-beating numbers, but fine at the tight end position. And as Alex just said, the landscape being pretty garbage so far this year. If you don't have one of those top three, top five guys, I'll take fine. So moving on to the week seven preview. Oh, what's that? Oh. I believe it would go- so. Thursday night football. Sharples, do you want to tell us about the Thursday night game this week? Tell us what happened just then. Well, I mean, it's an absolute nail biter because, as we know, boys, it is bird watch. Yeah, that's it. We're still chatting the New Orleans Saints' quest to become the first team in NFL history to beat all five bird mascot teams. They've slayed the Falcons. They drowned the Seahawks, and they come up with their toughest test of the season so far. That is the pesky Arizona Cardinals. They're both oh, I don't two and four. So. I don't know about the that Cardinals, one. the Bucky's favourite mm. by two points. What are we saying, lads? Will the bird gauntlet continue? Yeah, I think I think it will. I think the Saints, the Saints continue on this this absolute slaughter of uh, of the of the Earth's birds. I think mm. this could be their easiest game yet. Realistically, mm. the Cardinals look terrible. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Sharples? I think it's a tough one. Um, I think. What new Call of Duty dropped a couple of weeks ago, so Kyler's obviously had his fix. So... <laughs> Listen, yeah, this is the whole thing. I, I think it's it, it's dropping soon. I don't know if it's already come out or it's coming out soon. He gets but... it early because he is in the right. phase clan. Okay, I got you. So yeah. me and me and um, my older brother were talking about this at the weekend, and it's a point that I wanted to bring up. There is a weird discrepancy, right, between Kyler Murray's performances on 
double XP weekends on Call of Duty and when the new Call of Duty game is out and when he's not been playing Call of Duty. He's actually visibly and stats-wise a worse quarterback when Call of Duty is in a double XP weekend. So you want to take that into account this week. If he's if he's got his hands on the new card, you know, he averages he averages like quite a significantly less amount of completions, yards per game. Uh, quarterback rating, so something to keep an eye out for if he's been staying up late playing Call of Duty. So there's, thanks for bringing that up. Some way of the Cardinals like sneaking some some film into the new COD. <laughs> like, there's, like if the zombies, if the zombies are all lining up in a certain formation. Yeah, yeah. And nice. when he comes to the game uh, on Thursdays, he, he thinks to himself, "Oh, this reminds me." Nice. Uh, so other than the bird watching game, Sharples, what games have you got your eye on this week? What are your tiers of games? Um, again, another another bottom heavy week. They're, they're all becoming that, unfortunately. Um, I think I, I don't know if it's optimistic, but I've got the Chargers and Seahawks in the great game category. I think they've both shown, you know, in the past that they can sling the ball. So I think that could be a nice one. And 49ers haven't looked great, but something just says Chiefs 49ers is going to be a good game. I don't know, maybe because mm, it's a Super Bowl yeah. repeat from a few years ago, but those are the two I've got yeah, my eye on. Nice. Yeah. When you have so many good teams on on a on a bye, you're gonna get so many all these middling games this week. Yep. I do think the Lions at Cowboys should be fun, and the Giants at the Jaguars could be a sneaky good game. Um, I think everything is lined up for the Jets to crush the Broncos. And uh, I'm not watching the Patriots versus the Bears because it's gonna be the most boring game <laughs> in history, and I already know the Patriots are gonna yeah. win. True. Uh, that game is the Monday night game, so don't stay up. What um, is it with them just 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 putting absolute duds in prime time this year? Well, I I think I heard a funny thing where they're talking about um, the Thursday night games being really awful, and it's because Amazon Prime bought the rights to yeah. Thursday night football, but, and uh, yeah. the NFL were like, "Yeah, give us all this money," and then they're just like, "We'll just." The crap games to them, yeah. and it's you know fair yeah. enough. Mm. Um, the Sunday night game this week is the Steelers at the Dolphins. Um, I mean, for me, I'm I'm intrigued by the Buccaneers Panthers this week because it's yet again another match in which Tampa are heavy favourites. I think they're, they're favoured by eleven points in the betting spread, um, but they've disappointed in these matchups in recent weeks. So, is this finally the week that we see the Buccaneers go to town on a team, or are they going to disappoint us again? Um, I think the Browns and Ravens could be interesting. Two underperforming teams going head to head. Divisional matchup might not be many points scored, but should be a toughly competed contest. And I think you know, if any game can blow up this week, I think I think it's the Falcons against the Bengals. Really. Um, so if any team's gonna, if any games are gonna hit that over, you know, um, a lot of fantasy points scored. I think it's that game. But mm-hmm. any closing notes, lads? Yeah, on second thought, your quarterback pick this week might be pretty good, Luke, because I, I think this is the week that Matt Ryan uh, outscores Josh Allen. <laughs> uh, just, to, just to squeeze all the fun out of that joke, Josh Allen is on a bye week this week. Yeah. Well done, Alex. Well Thanks. done. Thanks. Um, that'll do us. Enjoy week seven. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. See you. Thank you.